welcome Lion Dance Me.
children as well as all the way through high school they're all volunteers they live here in San Francisco thank you see what I mean five years old <laughs> give away give away thank you lion dance me thank you for coming today I'm Jan Yanahiro and I'm delighted and honored to serve as your MC this afternoon. As I mentioned, this is going to be a dynamite program. I mean, you're just going to be so uplifted as I am. Um, so we will definitely hear from, of course, our brand new district attorney, Brooke Jenkins. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we can have it loud and clear, loud and clear. And speaking of the Jenkins family, I understand there are about a hundred of you in the audience right now. Let's hear from you! And thank you for braving the weather. Um, I'm from Hawaii, and in Hawaii we say that rain is a blessing from the gods. So we are very well blessed. All right, to start our program off, I'd like you all to welcome a dynamite singer. Her name is Flora Hui. She just graduated from the University of San Francisco. Her degree was in biology and chemistry. Yeah, really smart person. And I'm gonna ask you to all stand, please. Oh, here she is, come on, everybody. Brooke Jenkins. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So, as I mentioned, you will hear from her personally. So, thank you. Thank you for coming. And then I'm going to ask you to please stay standing. Please, please, please stay standing because we're going to hear from. Flora Hui, as I mentioned, she's a graduate of University of San Francisco in biology and chemistry, really smart. But she's going to sing our national anthem. So please give a warm welcome to Flora Hui. Yay! 
Yes, please be seated, please. Thank you so much. I would all love for you to welcome a very gifted musical artist. His name is Donnie Williams. And yes, he did compete in American Idol. But he's from Louisiana, but he's making his home right here in San Francisco, here to sing the Black National Anthem. Please welcome to the stage, Donnie Williams. Thank you. I brought my music with me. I'll do it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, sing a song full of the hope that the broad who's facing the rising sun of our new day. Let us march on till victory is won. God of all wealth, tears, God of all silent tears, thou who has brought me far the way, thou who has by thy might led us to the light keep us forever in the past 
sing a song. Everybody say, sing a song full of the hope that, yeah, brought. Oh, sing a song full of the hope that the brought us facing the rising sun of our new day. Oh, God, let us march on till victory. Is one. Now lift every voice and see. We're gonna do it. Lift every voice. Lift. Lift every voice. Till. Yeah. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our ring. Let us march on to victory. Come on. Full of the hope that the press has taught us. Sing a song. Full of the hope that the presence has. on till victory is won. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Donnie Williams, you have lifted all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're feeling really excited now. And so, thank you, Donnie. You've lifted our spirits today. And now I'd like you all to please welcome to the stage Reverend Ishmael Birch. He is with the St. Andrew Missionary Baptist Church right here in San Francisco, and he will lead us in prayer. So please welcome Reverend Birch. Oh, what a day. What a day to pray and let the Lord have his way. We thank God because he has answered our prayer. We prayed and we asked God to give us a DA as Brooke Jenkins. Amen? Amen. And, and, and let, let me get you to understand for your consideration, I pray to Jesus Christ. But any other faith that's in the, in the building today, we recognize that and we do respect whoever you worship and whoever you praise. Amen? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, all wise and almighty God, it's again that we come, and we come thanking you, Lord, for hearing us when we pray. We lift you up and we give you glory, Lord, and we want to thank you for the swearing in of our D.A. DA Jenkins, oh God. Give her that strength that she needs, and when she's criticized, oh God, be with her. Hold the hand, we pray, because we know you are God, and besides you, there is no other. And 
I'm reminded of, of Solomon, oh God, when he was sworn in and he became the great king that he was. And you ask him, you say, Solomon, what, whatever you want, ask and I will give it. And then he didn't ask for riches and silver and gold, but he asked you to give him an understanding how to lead your people. Give DA that. Give it an understanding. Because she's going to stand for justice and she's going to stand for what's right. Be with her, we pray. Walk with her when, when the valleys are low, when, when despair is all around. Walk with her, oh God, and talk to her, we pray. And we are forever will lift you up, Lord. And then bless her family. Bless the husband and the children, oh God. Keep them strong, Lord. Because we love them and we know that you love them too. And then we thank you for giving her to San Francisco, oh Lord. We need her in times like these. So we glorify your name. We lift you up and we say thank you, Lord. And when the rest of the world say what happened, we're going to say God did it. God did it. God did it. Amen. Amen. God bless. God bless. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you so much for your blessing. And now to sing, If I Can Help Somebody, a favorite song, by the way, of the late Martin Luther King. Today, it will be sung by Wanda Holland Green, who just happens to be the head of the Hammond School right here in San Francisco. Please welcome Wanda Holland Green. Come on out. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can somebody with a word or a song and if I can show somebody traveling wrong then my living shall not be in vain then my living shall be in vain, oh, my living, it shall not be in vain. If I can help somebody as I pass, Alone. 
than my living, it shall not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a good woman ought, and if I can bring back beauty to a world abroad, and if I can share love's message as the master taught, then my living shall not be in vain. Then my living, it shall not be in vain. Oh, my living, it shall not be in vain. If I can help somebody who is traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. Your living will not be in vain. Oh, your living will not be in vain. Her living will not be in vain. Wanda Holland Green, thank you. She is not just a brilliant educator, but she is a woman of song. And now, a very special treat for all of you. Vice President Kamala Harris sent a letter to our district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, and you can see it in the back of your programs. It's right in the back of your programs. And to read it, we'd like to welcome on stage Brooklyn, Brooklyn Jenkins. She is six years young. She is Brooke's daughter. So if you'd like to read along with her, 
again, she's in the first grade and she's a brilliant reader. Take a look at the back of your programs. Here's the letter and please welcome Brooklyn Jenkins. Here she is. Dear District Attorney Jenkins, I send. <laughs> 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 Dear District Attorney Jenkins, I send you my warmest congratulations on your recent election to serve as San Francisco District Attorney. I am proud to watch you continue break the barriers serving as an example to other young women across the nation that their dreams can be realized. While you may be one of the first, but you will certainly not be the last. Throughout your career as a public servant, you have tackled tough issues such as enhancing public safety while remaining committed to criminal justice reform. I took forward here. I look forward to hearing about your continued work on these issues. I hope you take tremendous pride in your accomplishments. I join your family, friends, and community in celebrating you as you take this oath of public service. Sincerely, Vice Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> years young, but she's getting ready to be president of the United States for sure. And, and now to administer the oath of office to Brooke, please welcome, of course, the Honorable United States Senator Alex Padilla. Plus, I want to welcome on stage, no, we're not going to bring the husband? No. Okay. This is live TV, everybody. You know? We go with the flow. This is live TV. All right, once again, I'm going to say, please welcome the Honorable United States Senator Alex Padilla. Thank you so much, but I feel like I've been set up to follow Brooklyn Jenkins. One more round of applause, please. Great job, great job. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is truly a privilege for me to be back here in San Francisco and in the beautiful Herbst Theater and to share with all of you, and especially you, this historic day. Uh, I'm uh, pleased to be back with Mayor Breed, uh, State Controller, Malia Cohen, and so many state and local leaders here for this very special occasion. And it is my honor to administer the oath of office for the 31st District Attorney of San Francisco 
Brooke Jenkins. Round of applause, everybody. Now, the first time I met Brooke was uh, not too long ago, and it was just across the street as we gathered on another historic day in San Francisco, historic for the nation. We gathered with Mayor Breed and other a group of officials at the time on the front steps of City Hall to celebrate the passage in the Senate of the Respect for Marriage Act, which finally codified. <laughs> Absolutely. Which finally codified into federal law protections for same sex and interracial marriages in the United States. It was a fitting introduction, meeting Brooke at an event marking a historic victory to overcome injustice in America. And so when Brooke first extended the invitation for me to join her today, of course I was honored and humbled to play a role in this chapter of San Francisco's history. And I'm also excited because Brooke and I share a common bond. This past November, thanks to a lot of you, I was proud to become the first Latino elected to represent California in the United States Senate. And we all know that among other firsts we celebrate today, Brooke Jenkins will be the first Latina and the second black woman elected as district attorney in San Francisco. So in a city that is not just diverse, but a city where diversity is embraced and celebrated, and in a state that is not just diverse, but a state where diversity is embraced and celebrated, we know that it can be frustrating times to see lack of representation in government at all levels, frankly. And as Brooke can tell you, and I can tell you, it's especially concerning when such a large per uh, percentage of victims of crime are people of color. That's part of the reason why her advocacy, her candidacy, and her swearing in today are both historic and important. Because representation matters. Having a seat at the table matters. And Brooke surely knows the weight of that responsibility. She is a proud daughter of a black mother and a Latino father. Her father, an immigrant from El Salvador, who is here with us today. But she knows. <clears throat> but she knows what it's like to grow up in a working family, raised by a single mom. She's had family members with experiences on both sides of the courtroom. And importantly, she knows what it's feels like for communities of color to not see themselves represented. And in turn, the promise of what a diverse, 
multicultural democracy and justice system can and should be. Now, as a kid growing up in Pacoima, California, in the Northeast San Fernando Valley, I remember what it was like for me and for my sister and my brother to walk past drug deals and gang violence on our way to school. And what it took for our parents to organize with other parents in the community to take our neighborhood back. What I learned from them and their example is that if you want to make change, if you want to see change in your community, you can't wait for others to come around and do it. You got to stand up, you got to organize, and you got to make the change. And I know that's why Brooke got involved, because she cares about those parents hoping for her kids to feel safe going to school and to thrive in education, or for the communities of color here in San Francisco and beyond who shouldn't have to worry about being targeted because of who they are. Now, throughout her career, she has demonstrated a commitment not only to demanding justice in all its forms, but to protecting the city and the people of San Francisco. And I'm so filled with joy that she brings that experience and that energy and positive outlook to the city and the county that deserves it so, so much. So Brooke, today with some big challenges ahead for you and for us, I know that San Francisco is counting on you. California is watching you. And I'm so excited to see what's next. So congratulations once again. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, it is my honor to administer the oath of office to your district attorney, Brooke Jenkins. her husband, Daniel. Now, come on up, Daniel. Joining Brooke for the swearing in, please welcome husband, Daniel. Y'all know what you're doing. A little bit. <laughs> please repeat after me. I, state your name. I, Brooke Jenkins. Do solemnly swear do solemnly swear that I will support and defend that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California and the Constitution of the State of California against all enemies against all enemies foreign and domestic foreign and domestic that I will bear true faith and allegiance that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same to the same that I take this obligation freely that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties upon which I am about to enter the duties upon which I am about to enter. And during such time as. And during such time as. I serve as the district attorney for the city and county of San Francisco. As I serve as the district attorney of the city and county of San Francisco. Congratulations. Ladies, 
Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Brooke. Give it up. She earned this. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, flowers, flowers. Please welcome our San Francisco, Cisco District Attorney, Brooke Jenkins. Good evening. Thank each and every one of you for being here. I did not get to this day alone. It was a result of a hardworking team and most importantly, you, the voters. San Franciscans who made their voices loud and clear that they want a district attorney committed to balancing accountability with much needed reform and to serving you and this great city. Thank you for entrusting me to do this job. It's an honor of a lifetime. I want to thank Senator Alex Padilla for taking time out of his very busy bi-coastal schedule to give me the honor of swearing me in tonight. It is hard to believe that at this point in history, he is only the first Latino to represent our great state in the U.S. Senate. But I thank you, Senator, for being a trailblazer and for your service to this state and to this country. Thank you, Jan, for being an amazing MC tonight. I also want to thank Mayor Breed and the elected and non-elected members of city and state government who are here tonight. Thank you for your support and your dedication to representing San Francisco and the state of California. Thank you to the neighboring county DAs who I see that are here and any judges that are in attendance as well. I also want to take this opportunity to thank my campaign manager, Jade Tu, who is here tonight, who fearlessly ran her first political campaign and pushed me across the finish line. She really was the boss. And the many volunteers who made phone calls, text banked, knocked on doors, held signs, and walked with me through many, many neighborhoods in San Francisco. And to those who donated and hosted house parties, thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> to my staff, both the executive team who I know is seated over here, to the many attorneys, paralegals, investigators, victim advocates, IT staff who, let me tell you, make sure that we can present our evidence in court every day. And everyone else in the DA's office, thank you for your dedication to this office and to this city. You are the true champions of justice. Last, but most importantly, I want to thank my family and friends who have stood by me and supported me through what has been quite the whirlwind of a past year. To my mother, who raised me and showed me grit, perseverance, and what true work ethic is. Thank you. Thank you. 
She retired from being a high school guidance counselor to be a full-time grandmother to my children. She has offered my children love, guidance, and stability through the many changes in mommy's career. To my husband, who is the most private person I know, uh, thank you for supporting me in this very public role. <laughs> and to my children, Brooklyn and Judah, thank you for sharing mommy with San Francisco. and for giving me the biggest hugs at the end of long and sometimes difficult days. A year ago, I could not have, have imagined standing before you as the San Francisco District Attorney. It was a confluence of events that led not just me, but us to this point. Unfortunately, it was the downward spiral in public safety here in San Francisco and where it collided with ideology that led our city to call for change. What everyone in this room, and even those beyond it knew, was that we did not have to compromise our liberal and progressive identities for the right to feel safe. That accountability could coexist with criminal justice reform. On July 8th, when I began this role, we all stood together hopeful for building a safer and better San Francisco. As a black and Latina woman, I will be honest, I never pictured myself holding this office or any other. I was raised by a single mother who was a 21-year-old college student when I was born. She was raised by a 21-year-old single mother who grew up in the segregated South as one of 11 children. My father, born and raised in war-torn El Salvador, was here on student visa when my mother got pregnant. He ultimately returned to El Salvador after finishing his education. For much of my youth, I was keenly aware of working hard not to become a statistic, as so many children of color raised in single-family households are often expected and perceived to be. While my parents had little in, com little in common other than going to the same university, both of their families shared one core value, education. My grandparents in El Salvador gave their children everything they had to allow them to receive a great education. For my mother's family, despite being black and in a small town in Texas, educated in segregated schools, education was key. My grandmother had brothers who were a doctor, a lawyer, a physicist, and a city councilman. She had more than one sister that was a registered nurse, receiving their education from some of the best HBCUs, historically black colleges, in this country like Howard and Tuskegee. I watched my mother, who left college when I was born, return and finish her degree when I was 10 years old, spending many nights in a college classroom with her. Much was expected of us, despite whatever circumstances life threw at us. While I knew that I wanted to become a lawyer, I never intended to become a prosecutor. It never crossed my mind. Being black in America, you don't, under any circumstances, trust law enforcement or the criminal justice system. You see its brokenness up close 
and personal. It was a loss of justice for me that led me to this critical role eight years ago. And I don't mean a loss of justice as a victim of crime or as a family member of someone accused of a crime, but rather the loss of my son justice that took me down this path. I had no idea when we chose his name that justice would become something that I would fight for daily as a prosecutor and now as your district attorney. I truly believe that through justice's death, I was called to do this work at this point in time, to fight for those who need and deserve justice in this criminal justice system, to provide just results in cases for both victims, defendants, and our overall community. As prosecutors, we serve a core function in this city and county. The function is to promote public safety and to ensure that outcomes in our criminal justice system are fair and appropriate. This is a duty and obligation that we must not forsake. When I was sworn in after my appointment, I outlined priorities very openly, which included doing everything in our power to stop the open-air drug markets that are plaguing our city, working to address violence that was targeting our AAPI community, particularly, particularly the elders, as well as institute and maintain important reforms in this system to decrease disparate treatment of people of color, especially in this system. Over the past six months, we began to make considerable progress in restoring accountability for drug dealing in San Francisco. I immediately revoked 30 excessively lenient plea offers in cases extended by the previous administration, restored guidelines for access, thank you, restored guidelines for access into our rehabilitative courts that were being filled up by drug dealers and not people who needed treatment for their substance abuse issues. We have filed motions to detain in custody egregious drug dealers in 16 cases something that has never been done before in San Francisco, but we also didn't have so many overdose deaths before now. Since I took office, we were presented with 428 drug dealing cases by the San Francisco Police Department, up from 257 in the same time period the previous year. We filed 379 of those cases, <laughs> almost double that of the same time period the previous year. These are critical numbers that we did not achieve on our own, and so I must thank the San Francisco Police Department for their hard work on this issue. And I want to take a moment to truly commend Chief Scott, who had to rush off to the Police Commission meeting. And his department for their partnership. For the first time in a very long time, our agencies are working together collaboratively in the pursuit of public safety. As an office, we've made tremendous strides. We lost 60 prosecutors in a matter of two years before I took over. Not only has experience been restored to our management team, I, have, I am most proud of the level of diversity 
that our management team reflects, both in race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, age, and life experience. Of our eight criminal division chiefs, four are mothers, which is a first. We, we created a vulnerable victims unit, which now handles violent crimes against elders, which mainly have impacted, as we all know, the, the elderly Asian community. Our Victim Services Division is broadening its reach by engaging in more outreach to communities in San Francisco and developing culturally responsive, trauma-informed services for our victims and communities. But in addition to prosecution, we have also been focused on continuing to pursue much-needed criminal justice reform. One of my earliest policy announcements was that we would maintain a policy of not seeking cash bail. While we will always uphold our responsibility to advocate for public safety, we must acknowledge the disparate and discriminatory impacts of previous constructs within this system. For the past six months, we have argued to keep dangerous offenders off the street without having to use this discriminatory tool. We have also continued to, to continue the work of the Innocence Commission. I was thrilled to appoint a new member from our office who is working diligently with the commission to enhance the help and access that those who need who are seeking relief from wrongful convictions. <laughs> Moving forward, there is much more work that we need and plan to do. When I visit the Tenderloin, the Mission, and every single neighborhood, and you all know I'm everywhere in this city, we must continue to hold those who commit crime in San Francisco accountable and improve conditions all around our city. We must continue to make it clear that this culture of lawlessness is no longer tolerated here. Property crime, car break-ins, catalytic converter thefts, retail theft will continue to be a focus of our office as we work closely with the police department and community stakeholders to combat these issues. But our focus for the future does not end with prosecution. We must invest as a DA's office in uplifting the community, reducing gun violence and the associated trauma that comes with it, must not only be a focus for the DA's office, but for all of our city partners. We must work collaboratively with community-based organizations on the ground to restore hope to the lives of our youth who are struggling to see their piece of this American dream. Public safety is not simply accountability after a crime is committed. It starts with preventing crime before it ever happens. The truth is, reform does not mean doing away with laws or even their consequences. 
Reform is not lowering or eliminating expectations for those who come from underserved communities or disadvantaged backgrounds. To do so would perpetuate the very oppressive outcomes that people purport to want to prevent. If I expect you to be a criminal and consistently convey that expectation, there is a higher chance that that person will live up to that expectation and become a criminal. We must not reduce our black and brown communities to these stereotypes. Instead, we must level the playing field so that all members of our community can maintain that hope of achieving the American dream. Hope is what pushes people forward. Without hope, people have nothing to lose. In this office, I strive to restore hope. Hope for those who have become disillusioned with a system that has failed to be a true advocate for victims of crime and to fight for justice. Hope for a system that no longer disadvantages people of color as victims or defendants. Hope for those who have struggled not simply to give up on San Francisco, to close up shop as a business owner, or to pack up their house and leave as a resident. Hope for those in the Tenderloin and Soma who every day have to walk through and past what most would consider unlivable conditions. I have hope for San Francisco and our future. My hope is that when you walk away tonight, that you carry with you a renewed faith in the leadership of San Francisco, that we will build a future great city to be what it can and should be. The place that I want my children to grow up and be proud to have been born and raised in. A safer and better San Francisco for everyone. Thank you. Brooke Jenkins, one of the great leaders of our great city, thank you for your service. One more time, let's thank her. One more time. And now, to conclude our program, and you're going to love this performance, by the way, by Dwayne Wiggins. He is the founding member of the group Tony, Tony, Tony. If you remember, a very popular group, soul and rhythm blues band from Oakland, California. And they're still touring up to 35 years, everybody. Now, once they are done with their fabulous performance, we're going to invite everybody to a reception in the green room upstairs. There, you can personally thank Brooke, personally, she'll be there, as will her family. So, please remember that directly following this performance, we're going to see everybody upstairs in the green room. But first, to conclude our program, 
help me welcome to the stage Dwayne Wiggins of Tony, Tony, Tony. Let's hear it. What's up, Frisco? I'm from across the water, Oakland, California. And I just want to wish peace, love, and happiness. Brooke Jenkins, we're going to change it up for you. Because there's one thing I know for sure. With you in position, it's going to be a lovely day. Come on, y'all. This is the Bay Area. I just came from Atlanta. Come on, don't act like that. Come on. I said, clap your hands this evening. Hey, because it's alright. Clap your hands this evening. I said, I said it's alright. I said, clap your hands this evening. Cause it's alright. Yeah. Come on, y'all, let's do it. When I wake up in the morning And the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning love Is heavy on my mind yeah. Then I got you Gonna be. Come on, San Francisco, sing along. What? 
Because I got control, break it down. I want to break this up. This side. Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day. Y'all shut up over here now. Go on. Lovely day. I'm going to need you in a minute. One more time. Come on. Now, men, y'all might want to take it an octave lower, but ladies, this side, this whole side, y'all keep it moving. Y'all going to do this. A lovely day. Somebody get down with us. Let's go. Come on, let's get down. Let's get down. Everybody knows our name. All the way at the top. That's the 
right here in the front yard. Said you best be prepared, cause it's on, yeah, Let's get down and let's get down and down. Let's get down and I said, when I said tone it, y'all said tone it, tone it, tone it. When I said tone it, y'all said tone it, tone it, tone it. When I said tone it, y'all said tone it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I said, I'm gonna get my groove on. This, this glorious moment. I just want to wish Brooke Jenkins peace, love, and happiness. I want to wish you peace, love, and happiness. You don't do no stress. Peace, love, it's California, baby. The best. Come on. Peace, love, and happiness. Come on, y'all. Break it. I'm Dwayne Patrice Wiggins. This is AMP, all my partners, all my folks. We're Tony, Tony, Tony. Let's go. Thank you all for coming. See you at the reception. Be safe, everybody.